0: Turn your Bibles to the Book of James, chapter one. As Stephen said, um, we'll be looking at a different aspect of temptation uh, in this hour. Then questions about what Stephen covered this morning. Well, I don't think Stephen meant to do this last night at his study at his house, but <clears throat> hold your place in James and go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We were studying in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 last night at, at the Mercurius house. and <clears throat> Verse 18, um, picking up in the middle of the thought, why we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And he fi- he ended the class in asking this question is, Will it matter in 20 years or 100 years? And I've been thinking about that, that phrase for several weeks now. I heard it in a sermon. And really thinking back and how that relates to... Um, sin and temptation. And if you look here in James chapter 1, um, you have verse 14, each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Uh, And so you have really multiple uh, words being used here, the temptation, desires, and enticing. And thinking around this phrase of it won't matter, in a hundred years and using that kind of as a test uh, for myself and the things that, that I struggle with and, and thinking about how to how to wrap these things into this idea of temptation and and really try to get us thinking along those lines uh, this morning and Kenzie and I were talking about it uh, on Friday and I was kind of telling her what I was thinking about or what I was going to teach on and you know we kind of got to laugh and there's a lot of things that we fret over It won't matter in 10 minutes won't matter in a minute you know Uh, give it 30 seconds and it won't matter you know and you know and you think about all the things in your life that uh that you kind of fret about and you know get up under your skin and this and that and guess what it it doesn't matter in 30 seconds uh but take it even past that and think about the things that we get wrapped up in in this life that won't matter in a hundred years um and towards the end of this, be thinking while we're talking this morning because I want to come all the way back around and ask the question, what will matter in a hundred years? Uh, what are the things that are eternal and the things that are lasting? But let's read First uh, Peter chapter not First Peter, James chapter 1 and verse 12. Blessed is a man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin when it's full grown brings forth the death. Um, and so I'd like for you to think a minute um, about what are the things that are your desires? What are those things that tempt you because each of us are tempted and, and we have different desires and we all struggle uh, to some degree with different things. A lot, a lot of the things we all struggle with um, and we can talk about those but think about the things that, that are in your life now that are are things that tempt you and that are desires for you and things that, this, that Satan can really get you with. We should know those things. If we don't know those things about ourselves, we need to go on and think about that. Because we need to know those things, because it'll help us in winning that battle. But think about those things for a minute, and what are they? Um, and I'm gonna throw some out, and I'd like for us to, you know, expand uh, my list. Um, I think one thing that can get us is our social status in life. You know, something. You know, and that can look in a lot of different forms uh, for each of us. But you know, this uh, trying to achieve some social status, and a lot, a lot for. Um, like I say, it looks different for each of us, but that can manifest itself in your pursuit in your career. Um, spending time with those that are bad influence on us, you know that that's that's something that can uh, draw us away. It's that desire to be um, for you know, I'm trying to think of the right word here, but camaraderie or you know whatever that. Um, right word is but that desire to uh to be in with with those around us but we know in the back of our mind that you know these folks are about influence on me but you know I, I i really uh want these friends you know and, and really at the end of the day they're they're probably really not friends but um maybe for some of us it's uh watching movie or television shows that we really know we probably shouldn't they're bad influence on us and uh, well, it'll be okay, though. Uh, you know, I can, I can overcome, but that's something that we have a desire for. Um, and I'll stop there. What are some more things that, that are desires and temptations? The bottom line is, is all these things that, that tempt us and that um, draw us into this sin... Uh, that he talks about, that James talks about here in verse 15, that the desires, when they have conceived, they give birth to sin, and then sin brings forth death. In Romans 6, we know that wages of sin is death, so that sin is going to bring forth death. If you look at Hebrews 11, Hebrews chapter 11, and dealing with Moses here, uh, we'll pull out a, <coughs> a little phrase here that I want us to think about for a minute verse 25 choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of god than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin and so here we we see that these pleasures of sin so whatever whatever's um, tempting us or whatever is enticing us uh, when we give in to that it's going to be a pleasure of this life and what is that pleasure temporary. it's temporary and that's what uh, Stephen was getting at in his lesson last night kind of finishing this up in 2 Corinthians 4 it's temporary it's passing whatever that is it's only going to last for a brief moment and even if it's last for 60 years or 80 years however long you might live it's still but for a moment and it's going to be over uh, and really there's not a lot of pleasures that you're going to enjoy from giving in to sin they're going to last very long at all you know if you think about uh, whatever those things are. And, you know, if we were to take that little dot right there and then think about that being a line and it goes all the way around this room, there's your life. And the rest of this is eternity all the way around. And so whatever sins that is enticing you, you know, if that's your whole life, you narrow that down even some more and that's going to be the pleasure that you gain from that sin that you gave into. Um, and it is truly a uh, passing pleasure. It's it's not gonna last. Uh, let's look at Second Timothy. Second <clears throat> Timothy chapter three. Just kind of expand on this thought for a minute. Second Timothy three <clears throat> verses one through five. And I just want to read three passages just to kind of expand on this idea of uh, the pleasures of this life and. Uh, really how fleeting they are. But know this, Chapter 2 Timothy 3 verse 1, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but not denying its power, and from such people turn away. And so we see here in this list as lovers of pleasure. Uh, Titus chapter 3. Titus chapter 3, starting in verse 1. "...remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. For we are ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient and deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hate, hateful and hating one another." And so what uh, Paul is saying here is we uh, were once what? We were once foolish, disobedient, deceived, and then what else? We were serving lust and pleasure. So that's something that we're supposed to put off, this uh, serving those. So that uh, what James is talking about of of being tempted and falling into that sin uh, and and then those pleasures that come from them, uh, that's supposed to be something that we've put off as a Christian. James 5, James five, starting in verse 1. Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. What passage uh, from Jesus does, does this remind you of? Yeah, uh, because where moth nor rust destroy, and we'll, we'll read that in a minute. Your gold and silver are corroded and their corrosion will be a witness against you and you will eat your flesh like fire. You have heaped up treasures in the last days and deemed the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields which you kept back by fraud cry out and the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of the Sabbath. You have lived on earth in pleasure and luxury. You have fattened your hearts as as in a day of slaughter. You have condemned, you have murdered the just. He does not resist you. And of course this is dealing with Rich folks, but I think anything the Bible talks about rich folks, we ought all pay attention, uh, because most of us in here would fall under this category. Um, You know, (laughs) you think about even the even the poor folks in America are fat. You know, Uh, but this idea here in verse five, you have lived on earth in pleasure and luxury, and you know, when I think about my life, and um, you know, there's a lot of things that we we enjoy in my house that I consider true luxuries you know we got running water uh, I got a AC unit that Mr. Bobby put in it keeps me cool at night and keeps me warm at night um, that rain doesn't leak through the roof um, you know you think about just the, just the simple thing I mean those are luxuries those are pleasures that we all enjoy here uh, and I'm not saying those things are bad but um, you know this is something that James addresses here with the rich you know you've lived here on the earth in pleasure and luxury um, and I think it's something that we ought to all step back and think about: uh, is these pleasures that we enjoy, and not letting them take over our mind. You know, and realize that these are things that we enjoy, and don't let don't let that really overtake us. I guess is what I'm trying to say, because uh, we can get too caught up into. You know, if you think back, what we was asking about at a first, at a James one, about our desires and. and where those things can take us. And I think uh, being wrapped up in just the stuff here in life, you know, the things that we come to enjoy that make us want to stay here, make us want to be here. And where are we supposed to be looking for? Yeah, the day that Jesus comes or the day that I get to go be with Him. That's where we're really supposed to be focused. And if we get too wrapped up in just the stuff and our comforts and the pleasures on this life, it's really hard for us to think about that, I, I, I think. Steve? You know, I, thinking along these lines, I was with a guy uh, this week. He's uh, a guy from New Mexico, and we spent a couple of days uh, with each other this week work, doing work stuff and spent a lot of time in the truck with him on Thursday, and we talked to really mostly. He's a Catholic, and we have a kind of an ongoing um, discussion on Catholicism. And uh, anyway, he was... Uh, He's he's got a very genuine type heart, you know, and uh, he seems to be a very honest type fellow. And uh, we got to discussing some things, and you know how we spend our money. And uh, he was asking me about those kind of things that we do here, and uh, just individual benevolence and and things of the of the sort. And he told me he said, you know, when I was in college, I ran into a guy, and he told me how he ran into him, but. Uh, wanted him to come cut his grass, and he came cut his grass, and he got to, said he got to looking, and he you know he's in the backyard, I believe, and said the guy didn't have but like one chair, at a little table, and looked like he didn't have but a couple cups, and didn't you know didn't have a whole lot inside, and um, I don't know how they got on the conversation, but everything the guy wasn't a poor man per se, uh, had a good job, uh, but the guy told him. Somehow it came up, and the guy told him that he just kept back whatever he needed, and he had decided what he needed in life, you know, the physical things that he needed. Everything else he gave to an orphanage in Mexico, and this guy I'm talking about that I know grew up on the Mexican border in New Mexico, and uh, he told me, he said, I just thought that was strange, you know, why, I, uh, I just, I don't know if I can do that, you know, and, and he said, you know, I, I've got to, pray. he's got two kids, i got to provide for my family, and you know, these things. And, you know, I just from listening to him, I would assume me and him kind of probably live about the similar style, you know, lifestyle. And, you know, I, I told him, I said, you know, I said, we don't know his heart, but I think me and you both learned something from that man. You know, um, this idea that he was giving up, you know, all of these things. And I told him, I said, you think about Paul? I mean, <laughs> he didn't have anything, you know, everything that uh, people gave him money to support his ministry, but he also made tents and he gave up. We don't have any idea of him having a giant closet, laying full of clothes or whatever, you know. Uh, so, you know, I think people like that, we, couldn't, we can learn a lot from. You know, he, he's decided and he's doing, he's, he's acting like God's told us to act, you know, give to those in need. And that man's living it. And that's what I told uh, the guy I was with. I said, I, I mean, I think we both got something to learn there. Uh, cause that's, that was pretty humbling for, you know, I, I, don't know if I've ever met anybody like that. Uh, so to hear, <laughs> just to hear there are folks living like that, it's kind of, um, challenging to me, uh, to think about, you know, going back to, uh, the rich that James talked about in chapter five and, um, am I living in too much pleasure and am I living in too much luxury? Uh, and I think that's something valid for all of us to think about and, uh, you know, we should be busy about taking care of those in this world that are in need um, and and not being, um, I guess, living in too much luxury. He talks about uh, forgetting. Yeah. The verse you're referring to is Ephesians 4, verse 28. Let him who stole still no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give to him who has need. And so, you know... Uh, we ought to really think about that. Second Peter chapter 3, starting in verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to His promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells." And going along in this, this thought of, you know, will it matter in a hundred years, and thinking about all the things we've been talking about um, here over the past several minutes is, you know, all these things around us, everything that we have, it's going to be burned up one day. It will be. And for some of us, some of the stuff we have will be burned up while we're still living. You know, our house will be pushed over or, you know, whatever. Uh, these things just don't last. Um, Kenzie and I were coming through Columbus, Armstrong Middle School, right over, right over here. And she said, well, is that it used to be a school? I said, yeah. She said, that's a shame. That'd be pretty pretty building and come back coming back home and we live out there by a pack car and she said andrew you know probably in 50 years that'll you know we'll be driving by that and it'll be nothing i see miss wanda back here shaking her head i guess she's thinking about all the places in columbus like that you know because these things are temporary they don't last you know we go you know and i we were talking you know there's people going to work there that think you know this is my career this is my retirement this is whatever that place likely not going to be here in 50 years But right now, today, it seems so instrumental in our life. And I guess it is to some degree for whoever's working there. It's giving them that income. There's something to do there. But all these things are temporary. Everything we have, everything we see is going to be burned up. And so um, what's Peter say here in verse 11, Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, since they'll be burned up, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? So what's he saying? The things that matter is holy conduct and godliness. That's what he's telling us. Those are the things that are eternal. Those are the things that will last. Don't put your faith and trust in these temporary things. If you will turn to Matthew chapter 6. I asked what passage uh, there in James 5 it reminded you of, of Jesus. Stephen said it. Matthew 6 and verse 19, Do not not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth or in rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Um, Here again, this this is Jesus telling us, you know, um, these treasures that are on earth, moth and rust is going to take them. They're going to get worn down. They're going to get eaten up. They're going to be destroyed one of these days. But what's he say? Uh, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. I can only come up with two things that I can break out into separate things that are et- have eternal consequences. That are things eternal uh, that we should be investing in. And maybe someone's going to correct me, but I can only come up with two. What, what are they? What are the things that we can invest in in this life that last for eternity? God, our faith, yeah, I would put that in in my faith and trust in God, I would throw that in that category. So what's the other thing? People, People. other people, investing in them, and how does that look for a Christian? Speaking the truth in love. So that, I mean, when you boil it down to what's going to matter in 100 years, what can I do today that's going to matter in 100 years? Mr. John said one of them. Invest in my relationship with God. Invest in that. And uh, what's Jesus say that relates very strongly to what we're talking about? The first and second greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. That's what Mr. John said. And what's he say? What's the second? Love your neighbors yourself. That's what Ms. Wanna said. Invest in people, invest in others. And so, uh, I guess, you know, if we're kind of trying to wrap all this up, what we're saying here today is, you know, if we think about our temptations, our desires, those things that entice us that are temporary, that, that sin that we want, we need to understand that is but fleeting. It is not going to last. It's only for a moment. It's a passing pleasure. And I need to choose those right things, those good things, that what should I invest my time and energy in today? And it is investing in my relationship with God, and we can talk, we could expand on that greatly, what that looks like, and then investing in other people. And that's that's my brethren. I believe that's first and foremost for us if we're talking about others. And then those people we come in contact with, what is our conversation like with those people? the people that I come in contact with every day, do I try, am I trying to find opportunity to speak the truth in love with this person? Am I trying to do that? Am I trying to find opportunity for that? And answer that honestly for yourself. Are you trying to do that? Uh, And then do I find that opportunity and am I ready to capitalize on that opportunity that God's given me? Steve? I got one closing passage. We're going to get out of here early today, unless we got a lot of discussion on this last passage. About having a ready answer for the hope that you have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For the hope that is within you. Mark 8, Mark chapter 8, and verse 34. Mark 8, and in verse 34. When he had called the people to himself with his disciples, he said to them, Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospel's will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him the Son of Man also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And we really, there's a lot in these several in these verses. Uh, I want to start there in verse 35. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. So, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the Gospels will, will save it. Um, what's what's he saying here? yes yeah yeah and so what do we think about our life what it i mean you know and you think about what does that look like in the fleshly sense that's that's um you know that's my i guess the pride of life you know that um who i am you know this is who i am this is who i'm going to become and this is you know all those things that are inside of us and then um the lust of the flesh, those things that, are, that come along with that, those, those that things that are my desires, I'm giving up those things. I'm giving up that life. I'm giving up that old man, as Matt's talking about. I'm giving that that up for what? So that I can actually save my life. And, of course, he's talking about our souls, our eternal life, so that we can actually have it. But we have to give up those things here to receive it. And then in verse 36, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? And so, you know, this is going back to uh, gaining all this world's uh, pleasures, all this world's gifts uh, that we talked about out of James 5. You know, these, these pleasures and these these things that we enjoy um, in the pursuit of them. Uh, because guess what? We can gain it all, and guess what? It's all going to be burned up. <laughs> I mean, we could control it all, and it's all going to be burned up. Um, um, and then verse 37, or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? And think back to kind of the first questions we were talking about out of James 1. Um, those things that, that tempt us, those things that uh, are desires for us, um, Those are the things, you know, what we do when we decide to give in to these temptations and these desires that entice us. What's Jesus say we do here? We are exchanging the only thing we have that's eternal. We're exchanging that for this passing pleasure. Now guess what? It ain't going to last very long. It's temporary. But we're exchanging the only thing that we have that's eternal. We're exchanging our soul for. Whatever sin this is, whatever desire that I have, I'm exchanging that. And it that should be humbling for all of us that, first of all, we have the power to do that. I have the power to choose sin, and then I, I give up my soul for that. I give up eternity for that. Uh, and I think that's something I think about this passage all the time. Um, I'll go ahead and tell you a big thing for me is being over in the Mississippi Delta and those wide open roads, and it's a 55-mile-an-hour speed limit. I'm telling you, that drives me crazy. I'm trying to get home. I want to go home. I want to go see my kids. I want to be home. And I'm telling you, you wouldn't believe in my times this passage goes through my head. I'm not I'm not going to drive 56 <laughs> to get home. I'm not going to exchange the thing eternal uh, for my desire, even though I think it's good to want to be home with your family, but you know, I'm not going to exchange that. And I think this is a passage that... We all ought to have ingrained in our mind when something like that comes up for us that we know is a temptation. Am I going to exchange um, something temporary for something eternal right now? Right here, right now. Am I going to do that? I think that, I really do believe that ought to be part of our process when we get to something like that. And let's all strive to not do that. Let's not give up our soul for whatever it is that tempts us and uh, that is a desire for us. Well, that's all I had. I, I hope uh, these thoughts have been helpful for, for all of us today and to uh, really uh, think about what things are lasting and eternal and what, uh, what things can we invest in uh, every day that, that are eternal and that have uh, eternal consequences for us.